Welcome back to another episode of Ring It to Dollar, and it has been a long time since we had our last episode. So, how have you been, Nico? I've been good, very relaxed. A good yeah. slow start to the year, but yeah, yeah I mean it. It's literally a year ago since our last episode, <laughs> but uh, technically it's only been a month, lah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But, but it felt damn long, right? It felt like two, three months already that we haven't yeah, been having I mean, an episode. Yeah, I mean, because we were so used to just doing it every week, so yeah. it felt like you know the schedule went out of sync for a bit. Hmm. Yeah, I, I felt a little bit guilty. So every time I, that week I haven't been doing anything, but I I didn't feel as much that the guilt as much in the first two weeks, of course, because uh, well we were I was impacted by a flood, right? Mm. So, yeah. but then after that it was a uh, Christmas and then Chinese New Year, which is today we are recording on the. Second day or the third day of Chinese New Year, right? And mm-hmm. I'm still like being a fatso at my house. So how's your Christmas and Chinese New Year going, Nico? Yeah, Christmas was good. Um, just spent time with family, and mm. Chinese New Year is pretty much the same as well. I mean, yeah. the streets are quite empty. I think a lot of people would have went back to their hometowns, but mm. otherwise, okay lah. It's nice to actually be able to see people celebrating after a few years of not yeah. being able to celebrate properly, right? Yeah, I haven't seen my cousins and all for almost like two years, and yesterday seeing them uh, all again, it was really fun. Uh, but I I kind of got called fat, but I think that's part of the deal, uh. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I got my young pao, so that's really important. So uh, I don't know what to do with the young pao money yet, since the markets, uh, the state of the market is all over the place, right, Nico? So, what is your thoughts of the state of the market right now, Nico? Hopefully, the ang pao is also fat, lah. <laughs> oh, the the, the ang pao is not fat, lah. Let me just clarify that, lah. The ang pao is not fat, lah. Huh? Okay, okay. Uh, inflation <laughs> went up. The ang pao never went up, you know. The ang pao value still same, okay? Inflation skyrocketed twenty percent. Ang pao negative two percent. Cannot really next year have to sit everybody down, teach them about inflation first. Please give properly. I tell, I want to tell them. Last time you give me, at least I can buy one Maggi Goreng. Now Roti Chana also have to think twice. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but market yeah. outlook. Um, so as we all know, the market has been, especially for the popular stocks, lah. I think mm. the high growth and tech stocks are quite badly hit in the last few months mm-hmm. like i think they were trending downwards and we can see the damage especially in kathy wood's uh arc, arc yeah right yeah so that tells us the whole story of all of these um high growth companies but otherwise for me it i i mean as you know it wouldn't really affect me much because i'm not very involved in these stocks and so for my market outlook in 2022, I'm still going to be focused on trying to find cheap stocks in each sector. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's still just going to be the way I approach things like this because as you can see on the internet, you know, people are saying, again, crash, 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 correction, correction, correction. And to me, like, my portfolio remains kind of unbothered. Uh, it might be down by a bit, but it's not as badly affected as, you know, these people are painting it out to be. Uh. Yeah. So, my my main thing is just you know be mindful of what you're doing and have a plan in every purchase that you make uh. so for me if i'm trying to do value investing when i buy the stock at a certain price i should know my exit price already i should mm. already have that in mind or yep. i should at least have my profit taking line ready uh. yeah. and then when the price hits i should take profit in order to catch the wave while it's up uh. mm. and yep. what about you how do you see 2022 well, for me, 
uh, the past few months has been bloody right my portfolio has been damaged really badly i'm taking like 20 percent down right now but i'm not really bothered that much because like my plans was 10 years anyways right for me i was investing into technology like fsd uh, full self-driving right those kind of technologies will take time to develop so i, I don't really care that much but people are obviously over Oh, using the word crash, I would say, like everywhere you go, you see like, oh, this, this crash will be 70% drop. Well, the market has already corrected 15% for tech, right? NASDAQ has already corrected 15%. And honestly, it, it hurts for most of the investors. Everyone's bleeding. Like, anyone who invests in tech is bleeding. You'll be lying if you say you're not bleeding right now. Unless you invest in Apple. Somehow Apple is holding up, right? Apple's still holding up very strongly. Uh, but everyone else is kind of like, beaten to the ground despite having strong earnings so mm. my understanding is that because everyone is fearing the interest rate the market is very unique in a way where they don't like uncertainty right for mm. investors like you and i we like uncertainty because well it's a good time to buy right if you've yeah. been waiting uh, if you've been wanting to buy the past two years has been you've been always paying a premium i'm not saying that you're not paying a premium today but definitely a cheaper option than what you had a few months ago right mm, so yeah. you you have always been paying a premium and when there's always uncertainty right and when do you have uncertainty times like this interest rate you don't know what the federal reserve wants to do you don't uh, then what are the other times that you have uncertainties when you have uh, elections right you don't know who's gonna win those are the times where the market is a little bit shaky a, a lot more shaky than uh, what it used to be la. so mm. yeah that that's uh, the state of the market i think that it's I don't know whether the correction is done. I'm not uh, the, the the YouTube guru, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whether the correction is done, the crash is done, or whatever they want to call it. For me, a correction is about fifteen percent. Crash is thirty percent. A collapse is more than forty-five percent. That's my own understanding, mm-hmm. right? So for me, the correction is still. If it's there, it's okay. Uh, if I have money, I'll buy it. But I have other plans this year actually, so I will not be investing as much this year. So. Yeah, um, when the time is right, I'll tell you guys the plan and when you guys might see me in a different place also. Yeah. But my portfolio has been on a downtrend, Nico. How's your portfolio? You said that it's not that badly damaged because you have a lot of value stocks, right? And value stock has been really holding up, right? Yeah, because, I mean, I think I owe it to two factors mainly. And mm-hmm. um, the first factor is going to be that, you know, investing in companies that are not so high growth not so um, volatile mm-hmm. the price will tend to stay about the same place it doesn't move much so the market might drop 15 percent, but my stock might drop four five six percent yeah so it's not as badly affected la. so that is one of the things that i can owe to in terms of managing to keep a stable portfolio mm. and secondly i think it's also l- your duration in the market so especially for like the the malaysian stocks as well that i have right mm-hmm. um the longer i keep them the more stable they are because of the buffer that it builds up over time right yeah so if let's say i if you, someone bought this stock in 2019 and then it had already gone up 30 percent if it drops by 15 percent, your portfolio is still okay la. It's, yeah you're still in actually in the positive so mm-hmm. It, I, I, I wait to two things are uh, basically trying to find value stocks that make sense to me and that I feel is not going to be heavily affected and number two is also duration uh, the longer you have held that stock 
and if it has already built up like a buffer in front you're not going to feel it too bad when it comes down by a bit uh. and yeah. in fact you might choose to add on a bit or less that's time for you to you know do your dca speaking of adding on right i actually mm-hmm. have this problem nico uh between you and i and all of our listeners right <laughs> i might be a lot of people but <laughs> yeah uh, i just want to say that i always have a problem averaging up i i don't i don't mind averaging down which can be sometimes like you always have to do your research blah 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 because like why is the stock price dropping there has to be a reason why it's dropping right so you need to always do your research but whenever it's time to average up right i'm like ah oh, damn you know ah uh, but then i have to stay true to whatever i say like you know like the dollar cost averaging into a stock that i really believe like palantir and tesla right so i have to dollar cost averages to that but whenever it comes to dollar cost averaging right it's always like ah oh, shit the price is higher than what i used to pay before i'm not getting yeah. another steal you know yeah yeah but uh, my portfolio has been damaged 20% but when nico said that uh, his portfolio is down 5% and the index is down maybe like 10 to 15% uh that's understandable because value plays uh, m- most likely stable all the time m- more stable than tech right So when the index is down 10 20% tech will be down 30 40%. Yeah. <laughs> and when the index is up 5 10% the tech will be up 15 20%. That that's how it is, right? Uh, so yeah. when when it's up it, it's up more, when it's down it's down more. So you you obviously are in it for the volatility. And mm-hmm. a lot of people can't take the volatility. So they tend to uh, sell out uh, or something we call paper hand. Have you heard of the term paper hand ago? your favorite term lah your paper hands and diamond no, hands and diamond hands i always use diamond hands so like <laughs> if, if you diamond hands is like you're damn strong holding it right your yeah. your hands made of diamond paper hands is like ah shit you always sell out you know like mm. buy 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 high sell low that that's paper handing the genius <laughs> <laughs> buy high sell low best strategy ever but yeah, yeah. uh so a lot of people tend to paper hand when the market is going on a downtrend and that portfolio is swinging like mad right because of the volatility like if you take a look at crypto right so mm. obviously the volatility is going to be so much higher compared to value stocks uh crypto has been more or less like tech stocks these days the the, the similarities are starting to come more together mm-hmm. and yeah my portfolio has been damaged because i hold crypto as well but m- My crypto position is like extremely small uh, like probably like 3%, 4%. Uh, mm-hmm. I just hold it because I wanted to start investing into Bitcoin, starting to understand it a little bit more. So yeah, yeah portfolio has been fucked to the core. But, But we have to also understand uh, that I mean mm-hmm. we have to also look at what actually moves the markets and so mm-hmm. you have to realize that it's not so much about the individual investor but it's more towards the investment ho- funds and yes yes large yes. investment houses pulling yeah. out cash right mm-hmm. so yeah it's at the beginning of the year it would make sense that you know they want to realign their investments Correct. or you know it's time for them to take profit as well yeah. so it's and not a matter of like companies doing bad or what that's why mm-hmm. like earlier you mentioned that these companies are actually beating their earnings but their price is still getting hammered Yeah. yeah it's because these fund houses are you know trying to readjust their own portfolios and trying to also take profit um not before it's too late but what i mean is to take profit so that they can invest they in, in the opportunities yeah yeah and they, 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 they can also lock in their profits to show their investors the the investors that oh you know we have already made this much last year 
you know yeah. they, they have to give them a good track record if you if your institution is doing like ass right no one will invest mm. in your institution so they always have to lock in profit to show the the clients that they're doing okay right yeah. but exactly. another thing is that uh, yeah we understand that earnings up many companies beat earnings is because like a lot of people right now have higher purchasing power like in the states right not in our country lah our country <laughs> very <laughs> different story yeah <laughs> but in in the states right everyone can demand for the wage they have because they have so much money in the uh, in circulation right now right so mm. everything is going up and when you have higher wages everyone has higher purchasing power and everyone gets the rights to increase they are their prices you know like whatever they want to sell the prices can increase and that's yeah. one of the reasons that is contributing to the earning speed in Q4 as well so mm. yeah a lot of people are saying that uh, this is artificially made up because of the inflation and stuff like that but well i'm pretty sure institutions uh, that set the earnings target right no in, in inflation is around lah you know yeah. <laughs> so they, sure they won't discount that completely lah right <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I, to me it's like there's a lot of fear uh, there's a lot of things going out in the market right now but if we can just take a look at your own plans then you'll be better off right you, there's a lot of noise in the market all the time so maybe i can ask you nico in 2022 right what are your plans going to be like moving forward from here on out i know that you will always be a very uh stick by the book value investor guy which, which is not wrong which is very good right you um, obviously to have your own plan yeah i mean so like although i do like value investing but i i would say that i'm not going to totally stick by the book because mm-hmm. i still feel like i should build a well balanced portfolio and when it comes to building well balanced portfolio you do take into account other um opportunities uh you can't just stick to value um stocks only mm-hmm. then it becomes a value portfolio right yeah so in that sense i'm looking actually for mostly value stocks and then some etfs which give me foreign exposure as well and also i'm trying to get into mm-hmm. some of the small cap stocks right so small cap stocks generally it'll be a bit harder to sift through which are going to be you know potentially valuable in the next 5 to 10 years but it has a cheaper entry point because small caps are usually you know in the $10 range $20 range you're not going to be like buying apple for $120 per stock right yeah. so with small caps you can start get in at a lower price and then perhaps in the next 2 3 5 years you know it'll start to grow and price in uh, and all you need to do is just catch one right stock and mm-hmm. who knows you can take it from $2 to $100 right and that yeah. happens more often than we think actually because i was i bumped into this one stock right and i looked at their price movement and if you actually check right over the last 15 years amazon moved quite a big amount right Mm-hmm. Amazon we know that in 2000 they were about $6 or something like that and then now they are you know where they are in the skies yeah yeah and but in terms of returns also right there's another company that actually beat Amazon in the last 15 years and the company is called Enphase Energy it's oh. a sol- solar energy company oh okay and my my point of view is just I'm trying to say is that every day Amazon gets thrown at your face by the media you yeah. open up any uh, stock investment um let's say twitter or on youtube or mm-hmm. on facebook right 
you get thrown Fang, you get thrown Amazon and stuff like that, but you never hear of these kind of companies. These kind of companies went from like in 2020, it was I think 20 bucks. And then now it's about 140 bucks. And mm. if you just calculate the percentage difference there, it's quite a big amount. So what I'm saying is I'm trying to find these kind of stocks. I'm not bothered too much about Amazon because Amazon is a great company. And of course, it's in so many different sectors and it's going to be a great company to hold for long term as well. But that's not what I need uh, for my portfolio. I yeah. don't need something that big or um, that stable to just hold around and then half of my portfolio is spent on it because of how expensive it is. Right, right. Yeah. In this way, it's like you're, you're almost starting to invest in a company that looking to invest in a company that is growing in its initial stages, right, Nico? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. So you, you grow with it, right? So yeah. we all know that every company has a life cycle, like Alibaba's mm. tending to live until uh, 2101, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so every company has a life cycle. So uh, when you invest in the company earlier, you get more growth, right? Uh, you grow with the company because like a lot of people when you invest in a company that is very early in the stages stage one there's like five or six stages right the company tends to to take on more risk right you have more risk investing in those kind of stocks right Nico? Mm, yes, but at the yes. same time you also pay less of a premium compared to play, paying something like amazon exactly. right? because like they're, they're already at stage five they're already at mature stable or mature growth still right mm-hmm. so they're a matured company so yeah, like maybe I can say like Palantir is also something like that, right, Nico? For me, because like mm. I'm investing. Although Palantir has been around for like fifteen years, but they have only been listed for like recently, and they are also only starting to scale. So when a company is only starting to scale, that's when the growth is starting to grow, right? Because like number one is always like you have to prove that your company is is there for a reason, like the proof of concept. You can't just make a company for no fucking reason and then people start buying in then it will never work out. Uh, yeah. Number two is that you have to able to be able to scale. Lah. So when your company starts to scale, then that's where you will see the exponential growth. So that's yeah. why I'm in it for Palantir. And my plans moving forward is still to stick by a very narrow portfolio, right? Because like, I don't believe in a very, very well, well diversified because uh, there's already ETS for me to do that. So if I'm going to do that to my narrow portfolio, it's just going to be too diversified. And uh, from a expected 12% return, then I'm going to get down to 10% or 8%, right? If every 1% matters a lot huh, in the long run. Let me just tell you that. If you bring out mm. your value calculator, right? Your financial calculator, and you put in the values and you change 8% to 9%, you will see that the value is very much different in the term, in 30-year term, right? So, yeah, I'm just looking to keep investing into my two most, uh, my highest conviction stock, which is uh, Palantir and Tesla. Mm. But other than that, I have other plans uh, for my money in 2022. So my investing will be extremely uh, lesser compared to 2021. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in the 2022, we'll be still doing the same thing like before, right? Because like, our plans are still we are still who we are right nico you cannot invest like you can't change who you are right you can't suddenly just say like oh i'm gonna change my investing style because the way i can't just say like i want to be a trader tomorrow because <laughs> i'm not a trader I, I i can't do it i just yeah. don't know how to do it i don't have the instincts of a trader 
like Ronaldo have the instinct of a striker right you can't tell him to play defense he, he doesn't yeah. have the instincts for it <laughs> right so, uh, so yeah that's those kind of things like yeah. you you have to do what you are right nico mm, but i mean changes can happen but of course it's not going to be overnight changes uh, it will yeah, take a lot of time uh. mm. so as long as we consume the type of uh, knowledge that we are consuming it will reflect in our investing strategies uh. So, you know, if I start reading books on trading, then perhaps in six months, I can be a trader also. True. In, and perhaps in the seventh month, I'll be on YouTube selling you <laughs> trading <laughs> programs as well, because I can't make any money by trading. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, I'll buy, I'll buy, I'll buy. Don't worry. I'll support you. Don't worry. I will yeah. call Lan Firm buy from you because uh, you're my friend. And then <laughs> I'll spread all the fake news and say like, this is the best trader. And everyone go in and all, all, all bust. <laughs> <laughs> but we've been seeing a lot of that, right, Nico? A lot of people are selling courses online. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I, I mean, some are some people are reputable, but some people are just like you don't even know who they are, right? But yeah, some, everyone right. has to start somewhere. So, what is your what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think it's rubbish, uh. <laughs> Like, I mean, mm. we had previously we had the episode with uh, RA twenty one, right, with mm. uh, Aaron and Ryan, where we discuss yeah. about media and stuff like that. So these guys, like, if they can't make it on the trading floor then they make it on youtube lah. so you know mm. the, the old saying is if if you're not good at anything then just teach lah. <laughs> that's mm. the old saying right if you're not a good footballer you become the coach if you're, <laughs> if you're not good at trading then you become a trading guru <laughs> so that's how i see it lah. And, yeah you know some of them maybe can be good at it maybe they have the right um, ideas but then it's very hard for you to fully transfer the right knowledge and skill sets just over a couple of uh, courses or you know stuff like that it has to be kind of more of a one-to-one you know holding your hand guiding you through sort yeah. of an experience then only you can actually learn something like if you're just going to buy someone's course and then they're just going to show you a bunch of videos so look at me i did this look at me i did that and yeah. i don't that think that's like a fucking boosting session like why, why do i need to hear that right yeah and then yeah i, I generally don't think it's worth the money la, to pay people to teach you these kind of things when you can actually learn on your own right you can yeah. buy books or you could you know find other mentors in that sense la. yeah yeah one one thing i realized is that if you're so good at it right why would you tell people your secret sauce mm, no yeah. no reason why would i tell you my secret sauce and everyone else knows my secret sauce then my secret sauce is no longer a secret. I can't use it anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's no reason. You always want to keep your secret sauce there unless there is no secret sauce and you bullshit everyone there's a secret sauce. Right? <laughs> so yeah. that, that's what you can do. Uh, but one thing I realized also, right, when people go for all these talks and stuff like that, it's not cheap, you know, it's like fucking 20K to go yeah. for one of the trading courses. And I'm like, dude, 20K, you can just buy buy one book, I mean, and start investing. But obviously people that goes for these kind of courses are very very rich lah right mm-hmm. so they can afford the money people like me maybe i'm, I'm a little bit as broke ass lah, and at this stage of life i have, have to clarify <laughs> uh, at this stage of life uh, yeah at this stage of life is a little bit of a broke ass so like i can't bring like 20k damn because i started off reading right mm-hmm. uh, i'm pretty sure you started off reading as well and mm-hmm. yeah we, we started off reading but 20k but also they go there right most of them some of them not most of them sorry some of them go there do not really understand the posting session oh i did this uh, i did that but some of them go there to actually network with people 
Mm, true, yeah, true. yeah. So they go there to network with other high rollers, right? Get get to know one to one another. Because like, where else can you meet high rollers that yeah. actually wants to learn about investing? Nowhere else. Uh, unless you go to Bursa and sit down every day, one guy walks in with a suitcase and you go say hi to him, they will probably call you security guards. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so you gotta be mindful of where you meet people so and how you approach them, right? And that's one of the best places to approach people. Lah. But mm. speaking of posting, right, Nico, why, why do you think they they post in in the places uh, or like seminars like this? I, I, I would say, right, humans, right, tend to like when people share their their success stories like mm-hmm. oh i did this and then people will be like oh i can do it too right because someone right. else did it right and like let's just say that guy says like oh i made 10 million from trading last year and then people are like wow that guy made 10 million i can make 10 million also right mm-hmm. but yeah. people don't know his capital so like his capital might be uh, 100 million or something like that. Do you so have 100 million 10, to start? 10%, uh. Yeah, he just did 10%. But do you yeah. have 100 million to start? So so if you if you start, yeah, you, you, you can do 10%, no problem. But you, you start with 1,000 bucks. You get 100 bucks only. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so like, but what do you think? Why, why people boast like that? Is it like a marketing scheme? Yeah, it's totally about marketing. It's all about marketing. It's That's why, you know, it's called like creative marketing. Mm-hmm. So they're presenting to you facts, but then the facts is not as it seems, just like you perfectly highlighted just now. Lah. Their starting capital might be huge. That's the only reason why they made um, such returns. So right. they don't tell you that, oh, I only made 10%. They told you, I made 100K, I made 1 million. You know, they boast these numbers just to entice you to put in more money. Lah. And then once you get in, the success rate is quite low, lah, I feel. Like, right. the people that go there, they do network, yeah, sure. Because the entry ticket is already 20k, so, you know, everybody in the room has 20k in spare change. Yeah. <laughs> pocket money, lah, like uh, pocket one of our politicians like to say. That's pocket yeah. money to them. Yeah, so you know that that's how everybody in that room is rolling around with 20k in their pocket. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can make other deals on the sides later on, uh, but... Yeah, I mean, in terms of becoming successful in trading and investing, it's quite, I think the success rate is quite low. But yeah, they definitely do it for marketing purposes. Uh. They have to, uh, if not, how are you going to convince someone to, you know, pay that kind of money to join? Yeah. What you're going to say, I have the best theory, bro. <laughs> Please, yeah, yeah, just come, yeah. just, I show you, but you come later, I show you. You yeah, have to yeah. be able to put up numbers and say, you know, this is what it's capable of. And you can learn further if you join us. Uh. Mm. Yeah, they do what they do, but I just, you know, I hope that the people listening are not losing money through these kind of things. Uh. If you go, you learn, and you actually, you know, are able to profit from the knowledge you gain, then that's great. That's exactly how it should be. Uh. Yeah. But if you're going course after course after course, and you're still not getting any profit, right, I think you better stop. Uh. Just, I think, you know, buy the general market. Uh. Yeah, I think what we can conclude, I mean, uh, sum- summarize from this uh, understanding is right that people can no matter how much people teach you right if you're not willing to learn you, you will never walk away with anything right people can mm. provide you all the resources they have but at the end of the day right unfortunately like, i hate to say this you have to sit down and understand things yourself mm-hmm. yeah you have to go to the market and understand what is going on in the market if you really want there's another easier way always damn easy way right? just invest into the s&p 500 fuck it just invest yeah. there you don't need to know anything right yeah. you just buy an etf attack etf or whatever whatever your investing style is you can just put it there 
Or if you want to really pick stocks, there's no easy way out. Lah. Sorry. You just have to really understand things. Right? Mm-hmm. There, uh, mm-hmm. There's one way to do it, technical analysis or fundamental analysis, but both also requires time. Yeah. It requires you to sit down and understand things. There's no lottery ticket here. Lah. Uh, yeah, there's really no lottery ticket here. But yeah. a lot of people have been spreading all these uh, fears and all this uncertainty, right, Nico, we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go on to YouTube today. Uh, some people are saying that the crash is over. So, uh, <laughs> one of your friends, <laughs> lah, right? <laughs> one of your friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Without uh, dropping any names, lah. Yeah. <laughs> one of your friends, lah. Yeah, obviously, he, he said the crash is over. <laughs> and then some people like uh, Graham Stephan. That one I can drop name because uh, he doesn't give a shit, lah. He doesn't know who we are. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, he's saying that the crash is yet to come. Uh, so mm. a lot of uncertainty a lot of doubt a lot of fear what do you say about that because I remember when we were discussing in RA21 that uh, Ryan tends to block out the news these days right block out mm. completely because like fuck it it's like sometimes it's not useful to you because your outlook is like 10 years from now the changes mm-hmm. today don't really matter so much unless it's a monumental change like uh, suddenly there's world war then I think yeah. you need to start to go look at it. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what yeah. do you think about it? I mean, like like I mentioned in the episode also, it's like big businesses move slow. So mm. nothing is going to change just from one news article or anything like that. So I've never actually bothered about these uh, news, la, these media houses and whatever they have to say. If I do flip open the pages, it's also usually just to try and pick out some fun facts that, you know, otherwise w- wouldn't appear in your annual report or something like mm. that, right? Because when a company writes the annual report, they write it in the company's best interest. So some True. facts won't come to light. Uh. But then yeah. when these media houses want to portray a good picture or a bad picture, they tend to leave cookie crumbs of facts. So mm. if you're able to find these facts, then you can actually learn a bit more about that company. Lah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's bad because it misleads people, I guess. It mi- misguides people. Some mm. people are highly affected by, by it. And I think they should do better to try and block it out. Lah. Like I think what Ryan is doing is great. It, it helps him to better focus on what, he actually needs to be doing which is continual research and mm-hmm. also on balancing his own portfolio and finding better opportunities you should spend more time there rather than you know reading these people's opinions yeah yeah that's true but uh, if you guys are interested in their podcast you definitely have to go down and check them out it's called re 21 on their spotify and i believe that they have apple Podcasts as well so check mm-hmm. them out. They're, they're really, really knowledgeable people. Uh, Aaron is really knowledgeable. He's been in market for a fucking long time. So just go check them out. They, they talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, the state of the market as well and all those kind of stuff. So my take on FUD, right, is like sometimes it's true, right? The fear is true, right? Because like when, when they say FUD is fear, uncertainty and doubt, there, there is a lot of fear in the market right now, right? Mm-hmm. There is a lot of fear. And then there's a lot of uncertainty also because like, Right now, we don't know what the interest rate is going to do. We don't know what is going to happen in the next six months. We know inflation is high. How are we going to combat it? We don't know everything that is going on in the market. Not like what it was in September, no, October. Everything was very chill, you know. Ah, shit, nothing is going to happen. Everything's just going to be normal, right? Mm-hmm. And then 
right now there's just so much fear and uncertainty but yeah. most of the time it's you know overly played lah so to me it's like I've actually been not listening to a lot of uh, news and all this stuff compared to what I was before uh, but I will have to start listening to it again because like you know uh, YouTube right I have to understand mm. a little bit before I start talking cock on the channel or else <laughs> people will be like hey, this guy doesn't know what he's talking and I don't want to give people uh, wrong information and then they go lose their money or whatever or it's yeah. not financial advice but people you know you can't control what people do right Yeah. So yeah, you always true. have to be mindful of what you say. But yeah, mm. that I think we've been going around in circles and stuff like that. I I think we should come to a conclusion of today's podcast, Laniko. Maybe you should go first. Yeah, sure. So I mean, it's the new year, two thousand and twenty-two. It's going to be my I think fourth year in the market. Third year, third year. Yeah. So I'm planning to just do better and hopefully be able to build a. More well-rounded portfolio, lah. My problem has always been um, asset allocation. A lot of my portfolio sits in cash, so that right. is that means I'm underutilizing my funds, lah, basically. And that's something that I'm looking to improve on. And for 2022, I hope to be able to do that, and at the same time gain good returns. And hopefully, this will set the stage for. A solid portfolio that can grow for the next five to ten years. Ah, mm. what about you? Um, for me, it's going to be same. Uh, my twenty twenty two plan is going to be. I never have cash. Uh, unlike you, Nico. <laughs> um, my <laughs> cash, whenever I have cash, I straight pull into the stocks, put stocks. So I only have emergency funds and stuff like that. So my twenty twenty two plans is obviously save up more cash because I have another plan to to buy something in twenty twenty two. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll see how things go, and I'll invest into my very narrow portfolio, which is Tesla Palantir. Continue to dollar cost average into these two stocks because I believe these two stocks will dominate the future. Nothing mm-hmm. else. Just focus. Uh, tunnel vision. Uh, run straight. And hopefully, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I, I think there will be lah, from my my understanding. So yeah, yeah. I hope you guys. Our YouTube. If we need more subs to one thousand as well, please go check us out and at ring it to dollar as well. And that's all for today, guys. Have a great day ahead, uh, night or whatever time you guys are listening. And bye bye. If you are still here at the end of the podcast, do follow this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. To catch all the latest episodes from us, you can follow our Instagram page at ring it to dollar underscore. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. I will see you in the next episode but remember to always do your due diligence before investing till next time